Hello everyone, thank you for taking time out to listen to another episode of the Musings of a Minded Fan Podcast. I'm your regular host, Paul. On today's podcast, I'll be discussing the Rafa Varan deal announcement and what it entails for Manchester United. I'll also discuss the preceding friendly between Minded and Brentford as well. I will share my thoughts on the performance of some players and the game overall. I'll also be briefly discussing about the COVID outbreak at the club which affected or which has affected preseason games uh, arranged for yesterday uh, with Preston. And I'll also talk about um, Michael Rashford's surgery announcement as well, which was made over the weekend and how it's going to affect uh, club preparations for the new season and how Uli is going to have to rejig the squad to cope with Rashford's absence. And so without any further ado, let's get right into it. Welcome back to the show. And so the referral variant announcement was made on Tuesday earlier this week by Manchester United. He joined United on a deal worth £34 million plus add-ons. Rafa Varane comes with a lot of experience and is still in his prime. One basically all there is to win except the European Championships. He will partner Harry Maguire in central defence. And what Ole will hope will be the financial needed to win an elusive trophy so far in his reign as Manchester United manager. So, Afrovaran has joined Manchester United on principle uh, with Real Madrid. The two clubs have agreed terms, um, transfer fee, and Rafa Varane is keen on joining United and he should be joining United during the week. And all formalities should be sorted out during the week. So it's a good one for Manchester United. He's 28 years old. He's quick. So he will be a compliment to Harry Maguire, who seems untouchable at the moment at Manchester United. And who also does that the club captain. So Baran, an experienced sign. He has won four Champions League titles, a World Cup winner, four World Club Cup championships I believe as well. He has won Super Copas about three and Copa de Reza as well, about three or so. So he has won everything except probably the European Championships, which is missing from his longest of honors. And I believe that um, his signing will fix a problem we have in our defense, a shaky defense. Uh, Linda Love, Bailly have done okay, but there's always a mistake in in their gameplay and Magatu is not also um, impeccable. He also has mistakes in his game and um, his speed is often exploited when he plays with people like Lindelof. Um, Bailly compliments Maguire. Unfortunately, Bailly is injury prone and you know also has a mistake in him. But um, Rafa Varane should bring some composure in the defence, should be able to help organise the defence, 
should complement Maguire in terms of pace and is also obviously going to be very good in the air, um, better than Lindelof or Magu- uh, or Bailly. And so, uh, Man United should have a much more solid defensive core, which is critical if you're going to win trophies at the club like Manchester United. So, a good signing for Manchester United. This is a good follow-up to the Jadon Sancho deal, which was announced on the 23rd of, well, 1st of July, but was completed on the 23rd of July last month. And so, um, it's a good sign for Manchester United fans. We are all pleased that the signing was done. Let's hope that he will stay fit, he will adapt quickly, and will make an impact the way Virgil van Dijk had for Liverpool, or the way Ruben Diaz has for Manchester City. Okay, so, we... I think only now can I focus on uh, fixing the midfield. Uh, many names have been muted to coming to midfield. With Fredinidia have been mentioned, Kamavinga, Young Goreska, uh, Sao Niguez. These are the names that keep coming up, even Ruben Neves. So all these players have their strengths and their weaknesses. Um, I would... I would favor a Goreska because he has a winning mentality. He has won trophies for Bayern. He's in the prime age, 26, had one year left on his contract. So it could be a step for Man United even go after him. But if Man United are not interested in Goreska, I think we should go for Wilfred Ndidi. He will allow players like Pogba and Bruno to thrive. It's good on it's good on the ball, can pass accurately, you know, um and allow the more creative players to do their job, Bruno and Boba. Um but of course if Ole prioritizes a defensive midfielder it means many of the midfielders we have will be surplus to requirements. And players like Nemanja Matic, Jesse Lingard, Andres Pereira, even if one of McFred too might become surplus to requirements. So it's very important that we get this signing done so that we can be stable, get it sorted, and we can really challenge for trophies. We may not win the league, but we will give whoever um is the winner of the Premier League a run for the money, Chelsea or Man City or Liverpool. Those are our three realistic challengers. Arsenal may pull a surprise. I don't see Spurs have any if well, I don't know. I I don't see Spurs challenging for the title or even for the top four place. They may end up in the top six Spurs, Leicester City. Okay, but I Arsenal may pull a surprise um because they too have been quietly go, uh, going through their business. They've not been signing high-profile players, but they've been fixing problem areas in their squad. they replaced... Uh, they've back, signed a backup fullback for Kieran Tierney, who is no stranger to injuries. They've also signed uh, Ben White uh, to replace um, the Brazilian David Luiz. And, of course, Gabriel and... Rob Holding have had a good partnership, so I won't be surprised if Ben White also 
you know, fits perfectly into their plans, um, or fits the vacuum left by David Luiz, exit from the club, and now they've signed a midfielder too, um, one Belgian from Anderlecht, like I believe. So they've signed three players. I expect they will make one or two more signings before this transfer window closes. So after are quietly undergoing their business and they're not in Europe. So they are going to be focusing only on domestic competition. So Arsenal could pose a problem if Ateta gets his the balance right between defense and attack. You know, that's his been undoing. He had made Arsenal more difficult to break down, but he has also made them less likely to score goals. So if you can balance their defensive solidity with they are being more potent in front of goal. I think Arsenal will also be a threat to the top. But for now, my United's challenges are based on how last season went anyways with Chelsea, City and Liverpool. So it's important that Ole gets the problem areas right. Reports have it that Man City have offered the £100 million pounds, uh, to Aston Villa for the sign of Jack Grealish. And if Jagulis joins, what that means is that he's going to be creating more chances for the attackers. If they're able to pull Hurricane deal true, which is looking unlikely, if they're going to be spending 100 million on Grealish, I don't see them spending another 100 million plus to sign Harry Kane. So Harry Kane might be staying with Spurs, but they will have to get an attacker because I don't think Gabriel Jesus. Um, is reliable. Of course, he will score goals. He will get many, but he's he will be the only striker. So unless they want to make Ferran Torres and Gabriel Jesus the attackers, while they like Jack Grealish and Ryan Sterling, Riyad Mahrez to be the wingers, you know. But we'll see how Pep what Pep has in mind, anyways. So that is basically. Um, United need to fix their defensive, well, their defensive midfield issues. Matic can't cut it regularly. He's a best squad player. Um, Fred and McTominay will just, um, unless one of them improves on his passing, especially on Fred, if they can improve on their passing, their ball control, I don't see how they can, they can, have as much appearances as they did last season. I said maybe the big games when we are going away from home, playing the likes of City or Liverpool. Except that, but against uh, teams who will be packing the bus, I don't see how we can keep on playing McFred. It just doesn't make sense. Alright, moving on. I'd like to talk about Marcus Rashford's injury. Um, during the week, he well last weekend actually, he made a statement. He released a statement informing everyone that he had decided to undergo surgery. The club at Manchester United actually had some consultations amongst themselves, players, coaches, consultants, experts, and all that before they arrived at this decision to go for surgery. Uh, and that means that Rashford will be out for 12 weeks, 12 solid weeks, people. 
and that means we'll be expecting Rashford to return sometime in October or early November, which is a long time. But if that fixes his injury problems um, permanently or in the long term, I think it is a sacrifice worth making, especially with the arrival of Jaden Sancho. Again, Sancho is a new player to the Premier League. So we don't expect him to hit the ground running. Hopefully he does, but if he doesn't, we shouldn't be too surprised. The Bundesliga is quite different from it's quite different from the Premier League. The Premier League is very, very, very competitive, very physical, and so we we should get we should have um a tentative oh let us let us keep our fingers crossed and not to, not get to carry the way uh with the Jaden Sancho signing. Hopefully it does well. So we expect that Jaden Sancho will be playing from the left um in Rashford's after in Rashford absence or Marshall will be playing from the left which is is more accustomed to and Jody Sancho on the right, and probably Greenwood will back up Edison Cavani. Edison Cavani, of course, is 34 years old, so we can't play him every game. He needs to be managed. And so next season, a striker should be a big priority for Manchester United if we don't get one this season, which is very, very unlikely. Um, so um, it's very important that United... Uh, so, well, how would I put this? Now that Rashford is going to be out for the first two, three months of the season, Marshall needs to hit the ground running. He needs to hit his form quickly on the left or Sancho, you know. And, of course, we have Daniel James, but Daniel James is only a speed merchant. He will, of course, cause danger for opposition most times, but his final delivery needs to be worked on. And that has been Daniel James failing. If Daniel James really needs to make an impact at this club or really challenge the big attacking, the big the forwards, he needs to work on his final delivery. He tends to either undercook it or misdirects the pass. In too, way, too much in front or way behind the defender. Sometimes he gets it right, but most times he his final delivery is quite poor. So, so that's it basically. I guess maybe on maybe I guess Leeds only might go for the tried and trusted, which is Daniel James, and maybe Marshall if he's fit and ready to go, or Greenwood. On the right and Daniel James on the left, and as the game progresses, he may bring in Sancho, may bring in Marshall, and so on and so forth. Marshall, anyway, I'll talk a bit more on Marshall when I talk about um the preseason friendlies that have been postponed. So that's it basically. Rashford out for three months. We hope he returns fit and ready to go, and hopefully he will score many goals this season, you know, and match up 
his performances for the last two seasons. All right. So, due to some a COVID outbreak in the club during the week after the friendly with Brentford, um, the game against Preston, the friendly preceding friendly against Preston, yesterday was called off, and as a precaution, of course. Um, well, it's going to be a big blow for Manchester United preparations for next for the Premier League season, which starts in exactly 14 days from now, which is amazing. 14 days from now, we'll begin to worry and cry over our club again. Wow. Anyways, so Manchester United um, will be taking on leads, and what this means is that we have just one preseason friendly left against Everton before we take on leads at Old Trafford. Well, I would have loved I would have loved for this Preston game to have went ahead because we really need to give minutes to our our first eleven, you know, the 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 regular players, first team players, because for most of the preseason we'll be using players we know will not be having any run out or little run out with the first eleven players who will go on loan, players who will ultimately be sold and players who will return to the reserves. So I think that um I guess pressing would have been a good way to ease players like Bruno, Marshall, Van der Beek back into fitness as it is now. They have to be playing playing games amongst themselves in training until the season starts uh, uh, on August 14th. Um, so that Everton game becomes very important. Ole needs to play his many of his first teamers, give them 45 minutes or 60 minutes, you know, and preserve them so they don't get injured, you know, and protect them, you know. So it's very important now. And I wish we had more friendlies for these players to, you know, remove some of the rustiness out of that game. So I hope against Leeds, uh, we don't, we don't, well, let me put it this way. I just hope that we don't start off last season or this season the way we started last season. Last season, we lost, out of five games, I think we lost two, three of those matches we lost against Spurs we lost against Crystal Palace we lost against who else again we drew and all that so we dropped a lot of points and I won't be surprised if we struggle again because Ole is suspect there's a pattern with Ole Ole keeps repeating the same mistakes a precision precision friendlies and in the three of them that you've played you've not played players who will start regularly for you. So it makes sense. Apart from Arawan Bisaka, and I don't I don't see any player who will start regularly. Van der Beek even who played um the last quarter against Brentford will not start regularly for Man United if Pogba stays, you know. So to me it makes no sense. So that that it makes that Everton game very, very, very important. We need to play many of the first teamers and get them in shape for leads. 
and let's hope that we do not start poorly the way we did last season. It's very important. If we need to catch up with City and Liverpool, we need to start winning games. We would normally draw and draw games we would normally lose. That's what I feel. If we look at the 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 difference between us and Man City, it was in the draws. Man United drew eleven games, and it's one of the highest in the whole division. I think we are only second to West Brom and one other team, I think Brighton or so. So it's just terrible. So Ole needs to needs to hit the ground running quickly. So that's that about um, Rashford. Wish him a speedy recovery and oh, that's all we should wish him for at this point in time. Okay, so lastly, I would like to talk about the Brentford game quickly. Against Brentford, um, we drew 2 2, and the result is not really important. The performances is what is more important at this point in time um, against in the Brentford game. So I think United should. Uh, begin, or only rather should begin to look at the players he thinks will help his cause and players that needs to move on or will go on loan. Tuanzebe was to me wasn't very impressive. Um and his players scored a screamer, but the problem is he is capable of doing all these moments of brilliant scoring screamers, scoring from range, but doing it on a consistent basis, creating chances, you know. He is not doing it on a regular on a regular basis. So that is my problem with Pereira. So if offers come for the likes of Pereira and uh, maybe Lingard, I think my should sell. Um I like Lingard, just Lingard. I love the the guy. He he puts hundred percent, but sometimes he he's not just working for me. Sometimes he he's not in the right place. Uh, makes the wrong decision, but you cannot fault his his energy and his output. You know, if we keep Lingard, that's fine. I would take him over Mata, but I don't know why we're keeping the likes of Juan Mata. But Lingard, yes, I can. He might bring some. He might fill in the gaps in games whereby Bruno or Kogba need to be rested or any of our wingers. You know, but um, so that is one thing I like about. Lingard, but if West Ham bring good money for Lingard, we should sell him because we have too many players who are who would cut Deadwood in that midfield who are not good enough for Manchester United. Keeping Fred and McTominay is bad enough. Have to have Lingard Pereira in that squad as well and Matic, you know, and no defensive midfielder. Or if we have to bring another defender. So unless Ole is satisfied with those two signings and doesn't want to bring him a midfielder, which will be a travesty really, then he can keep many of those midfielders. But we know those players are not good enough. They will do well against the small teams, but they will never do well against the top 10 teams. And they will not do it consistently anyways. So Elanga did okay against Brentford and that was a good goal. But outside that goal, he didn't really do much, to be fair. And again, that that could be explained from the service he got from midfield. And so Anthony Langa is another good option for United to have as a striker, not necessarily as a midfielder. 
not sorry, not necessarily as a winger, but as a striker, a langer. You give him good opportunities. He's probably going to take one of them. He's also wasteful, but he's a young lad, so we need to give him or cut him some slack. Um, who else performed? Um, Donny Van de Beek came on, 15 minutes cameo. He did okay. He didn't do anything wrong, as we normally expect Van de Beek. He does the basics very simple, very simple. Uh, he would profit from a team that plays at his intelligence level. We just don't have the intelligent forwards who make intelligent runs and make decisions as fast, as quick as he does. I think that is the problem with Van de Beek. Um... What else? Wambisaka did okay. I think it was our best defender on the night. Brandon Williams, he needs to go out on loan. He's, he was poor. Dalot, of course, I can't blame Dalot too much, but he was responsible for the equalizer. He's not a left back, he's a right back. Should be playing at the right back position. But if Ole doesn't rate him, he should sell as well. If Real Madrid come for him or whoever is interested in signing him. Um, I had. There are rumors that um Trezebo will head into Newcastle on loan. He really needs the loan. With Varane coming, I don't see how he'll be playing. And he, I'm not sure he will get too many opportunities to play at right back with the Butters Wambasaka or Lukshaw or Teles. So we really need to do something about Axon in his games to boost his confidence and you know develop his game. Mengi should go on loan. Um, in the midfield, we already know the problems we've had in midfield. Um, many of those players are not just good enough. They need to go. Um, Ghana, all those players are one for the future. They should go out on loan. You know, if they will not, if we will not sign a defensive midfielder, they should be brought in to challenge the likes of Matic. Makes no sense, really, for me. Um, that Matic is still at our club. He's he's decent, but. He will not give the same performances all the time. And they tend to play very well or raise their games when the contract is about to expire. So that's basically for my United. It's the same performance, but the results need to be better. So that's basically from me consigning this past week. So I'll be hoping that during the week, more news come up, more exciting stories come up, and I can share my thoughts on all of them. So thank you all for listening. I appreciate you all for spending our time again to listen to my podcast. Have a good week ahead of you. Happy New Month. Stay safe. Bye-bye for now.